everyone, and welcome once again to In the Finest Hour, a 40k competitive podcast bringing you tips and strategies you can use in about an hour. I am, as always, your host, Sean Morgan, sometimes known as Abuse Puppy, and I have with me our evil podcast host, Ben Jurek. Ooh, I get a first intro for Christmas. Well, you do, because you're the other host today, <laughs> and a very special guest here to chat with us, Wesley Hayes. Why don't you introduce yourself, Wesley? Hey there. Uh, my name is Wes. I go by Wes Hammer over on TikTok, uh, and I'm kind of new to creating Warhammer content, but uh, you guys wanted to have me on the show, and I am incredibly grateful for that. Yeah, we're actually really happy to have you on because today we're going to talk about things that are a little bit outside our normal spectrum, uh, because rather than competitive Warhammer per se, we're going to be talking about is social media and how you can use social media to kind of expand your audience and reach out to people and build a community, which is something you're fairly familiar with. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so I do have a little bit of a background in it. I got my bachelor's in advertising from OU, uh, oh. and I have some experience in film editing and things like that. Uh-huh. And I had been trying to break into Warhammer 40k, like, content creation for a while, and I had started with YouTube, um, and it was going okay, um, but it's a platform that definitely has uh, a lot of stuff in it already. So I jumped on yeah. TikTok, and it kind of blew up. Yeah. Well, before we get to, to talking too much about the the social media itself, I wanted to ask you just a little bit about, like, how you got into Warhammer and how long you've been playing and all that sort of thing. You, know, it's, you, you had mentioned before the show that you started in, like, 2000, was it 4-ish or somewhere around there? Yeah, somewhere around that time. Okay. Uh, so I, I originally started playing, uh, it was like card games and stuff, like started with Pokemon, oh, moved on okay. to Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh!, yeah. Uh, but then me and my friends started playing um, uh, Mech Warriors. Actually, it was oh, our first yeah. tabletop game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were we were really big into it. And uh, we had a local gaming store near us called Emerald City, and we would meet uh-huh. up and play Mech Warriors there. And the older kids there were playing this game called Warhammer, and I had mm-hmm. never seen this before. But I got to look <laughs> at like the Chaos Space Marines and the Tyranids, and I was like, "What? What is this game?" Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was probably around 13, 14 at this time, and somebody, uh, one of the older guys, had passed me like a Chaos Space Marines book, and when, mm-hmm. when I started reading it, I was like, I felt like I was reading something I wasn't supposed to be. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was instantly intrigued, and me and my friends were hooked, and we were like, "All right, this is this is our life now. We got to get into this." So d- did you start out with that? Uh, what was it? dark something or other the the chaos marines versus space marines starter box well actually so the chaos space marines were my first introduction to it Um, okay but as i looked around at what everybody was playing i gravitated towards the tyranids oh okay I saw them and it was like love at first sight. Um, so that was my first army. And I believe at the time there was a Space Marines versus Tyranids uh, kind of thing. This was in fourth edition. Battle of Macrag. Yes, that's the one. And I actually did a stream earlier where uh, somebody brought it up and I was like, oh, I think I'm about that age where I can start making nostalgia purchases. So uh, uh-huh. might have to go on eBay and try to track one down. Nice. Oh, crap. That's when I started playing, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right cool. that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the good old battle from a crag disaster for the Tyranids, because that box was basically Space Marines with bolt guns and Gene Stealers with 
no armor save against bolt guns. That is true. And let me tell you something. I was very poor, and uh-huh. I basically just bought whatever was affordable. So yep. my very first army ended up being nothing but gene stealers. And oh, if okay. I got to set up the terrain, uh-huh. everything went very, very well. If I didn't, <laughs> it didn't. Yeah, that was that was really that the Tyranids of that era in a nutshell. Is like, I've got 90-ish gene stealers... Is there a nice piece of terrain I can put between me and you? If so, I'm doing pretty all right. Yeah, if I if I touch any of your tanks, it's 500 rending attacks, armor piercing, instant yeah. penetrating hit. But oh boy, yeah. I just got to get to you first. Yeah, it's actually a little bit of nostalgia for me because my first uh, my first 40k game, my first 500 point game to introduce me to the to this whole entire universe mm-hmm. was against uh, a, a game store runner. Uh, who decided to run Tyranids, and he was running Gene Stealers. Um, and I ran Orc Boys and the Gene Stealers, not understanding anything. Right. Oh, fun. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it didn't go well. We'll uh-huh. say that. Uh-huh. I'm just assuming you went Chopper Boys and tried to go fisticuffs with Gene Stealers. Yes, I, I learned what initiative was in that edition. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. The whole, all the old initiative and all that stuff, That's that's a throwback. I'm glad it's gone. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. So, uh, Wes, you've been, have you been playing since then? Do you still do Tyranids? Uh, I don't. I would really like to start up another Tyranid army, but nowadays I'm running primarily Death Guard. Um, oh, okay. I, I, I have this thing, whenever I like jump into a video game or something that I've played forever, when I get back into it, I, I can't go back to the race that I had already played. Um sure. So I always have to start something new. So for it, for all the fourth edition, it was Gene Stealers, it was Tyranids. Uh, fifth edition was my orcs, and I, I truly miss my orcs every single day. Um, mm-hmm. But in eighth edition, when I jump back in, because I skipped sixth and seventh, uh, understandable. <laughs> well, yeah, it good time to skip. Yeah, yeah. It, it. I played a couple of games and didn't like the rules and kind of fell out of it. But uh, no, I'm I main Death Guard now and I play mm. uh, Necrons, Drukari. I had a Custodes army and I loved my Stodes, I really did. But um, I had to sell them, but they went to a good home. So, well, that's good at least. And I can hardly pl- blame you. Like Death Guard have gorgeous models, just some absolutely beautiful pieces. So I'm definitely drawn to them periodically myself. Yeah, you get a new codex in a couple of weeks uh, after this recording. So let me tell you something about that. I, with the Psychic Awakening, uh, yeah. I was waiting forever for an update for my Death Guards, for my Necrons. All of my friends were getting woke, uh, mm. but I was sitting there not woke uh, for <laughs> a good solid year. Um, and then it all kind of came at once. And now with the new codex, my Necrons, my Death Guard, and apparently Drukhari's coming out in January. So everything's yep. all right back to yeah, back you, again. You picked the right armies. If, yeah. you, could, uh, if you could pick some racehorses for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> we might be able to work something out. Yeah. Well, why don't we get to talking about social media and all that kind of stuff here? Uh, ben, this is this is kind of your baby, so why don't you take the reins on this episode? All right. Well, the the whole idea of this episode was to kind of highlight that um, social media and what we do as players, uh, whether it's online or you know in stores or whichever how we expose other other people to this game and get people to play this game and at the end of the day you know play bigger tournaments and have more fun um really comes from that exposure um and Mm -hmm. in this day and age 
everything's done through an app. Everything's done through um, various different platforms um, online, and you can kind of get delved into anything through any of these platforms. Um, and we see more game growth and more community growth uh, and just overall you know, growth as the hobby through um, players uh, you know, talking about how much fun they're having, posting videos about what they're doing, or just really chit-chatting about the game, keeping the hype going, um, than we do than, than, uh, than anything GW could ever do. Uh, so yeah. the really GW owes us <laughs> first off. <laughs> um, uh, second off, um, it's the only way we can actually like keep this hobby, uh, bright and glowing and buzzing. Um, cause otherwise like people lose interest. There's not, you know, you get these whole, like, you know, as when an edition comes out, it kind of uh, dies off after a little while. Cause it's not, it gets mm-hmm. stale for whatever reason but one of the reasons is that like no one's really interested you're not getting new blood you're not keeping people interested um and i think in this day and age what keeps a lot of other hobbies going and other particular interests abuzz is social media um so as 40k players and as 40k community members um we really need to acknowledge its place and how how we use it um particularly you know if we're just people who take in content or people like me uh yourself sean and west where we actually all create content this podcast included mm-hmm. yeah that i think it is that engagement and like consistent because you know if you're constantly talking to other players and touching bases with them and seeing what they're doing and showing them what you're doing um that helps keep interest in the hobby and without that there's a natural process of attrition yeah, for some reason I couldn't think of that magic word, but really the magic <laughs> word is engagement. Um, yeah. And whether you're engaging current players, people who used to play, people who have never played, all those engagements are important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I know uh, Wes, you know, he's he's touching on a he came, you know, his viral video came on TikTok of all places, uh, which is a relatively new social media platform that a lot of people think are for kids. Um, but really, I love it. Uh, so, Wes, what's uh, what's the deal with TikTok? Uh, well, so again, when I I just started TikTok about uh, two months ago, my first video upload was on October eighth, um, and as of today, on December twentieth, I just passed forty thousand subscribers. So, me and it's everyone who follows me uh, have made the joke like we can shut it down now. We've made we got it to forty k. That's that was the goal. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, you're there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so TikTok, um, and I've kind of mentioned to you guys uh, before at the beginning of this that it's a brand new platform. So we, I mean, it's been around for about two years now. But compare that to something like YouTube that's been around for like a decade and a half. Uh, yeah. There aren't a lot of other creators on there. So when I come onto TikTok and I start posting about Warhammer content, there's a lot of people who really enjoy Warhammer. Uh, Mm -hmm. that aren't seeing any kind of Warhammer content. Um, So as of right now, I believe, uh, I think I've got the largest following as far as like the 40K creators and stuff go, but we're all literally just starting out. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit more difficult to break into a different thing like YouTube or or Instagram or anything like that, but you can use TikTok to build into those other platforms as well. And the the best thing about TikTok, in my perspective, 
is most of the people who are seeing my content because of the algorithm and because of how it pushes things to your For You page are people who have never experienced 40K in any way, shape or form. They don't know anything about it. So when I come in, suddenly start ranting and raving about Necrons, they're like, well, what's a Necron? And then they stick around and want to find out more. And then I get DMs from people who are are curious about it. They're like, I'm going to be honest, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about, but you seem really excited about it. So I want to know more. Yeah. You you mentioned that you had tried to get in through YouTube before, but that was kind of more of a struggle for you than TikTok was? Yeah, so I uh, I decided to throw everything I could into it. I was making painting tutorials. Um, I did one on like a Carnosaur, on Marathi, uh, a lot of Age of Sigmar stuff at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got some views, uh, but no, there's no real potential to go viral with a painting video or something like that. Uh, I don't exactly know how YouTube's algorithm works, but it doesn't really, I think my biggest video on there probably got about 3,000, 4,000 views over the course of several months, um, which is good. I didn't necessarily put that out there to blow up. I put that out there to help people because I wanted to show how easy, paint, easy painting can be. Um, right. But it is a platform that already is dominated by different creators and stuff like that. So it's a little harder to break into it um, where something like TikTok is there's there's just nothing out there. Um, so you can use something like that to build into other platforms as well, which is the plan right now. Sure. Wes, how many uh, views does your does your most popular video have? Uh, so I posted a video uh, about the uh names of demons in 40k about how if you know a demon's name you can have control over it it's a little bit of obscure lore it was just a footnote in the thousand suns codex or actually that was from the demons codex um mm-hmm. and that one is sitting at like four hundred and sixty thousand views uh and i posted it about a week ago wow that's quite good <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a there's a reason that you know I I ran across Wes um, you know very recently obviously I've only been doing this for two months but like I saw what he was doing and he actually did a uh, how to play series um, that I think everyone should check out that kind of mm-hmm. covers like what our entire podcast does but in about a minute in small segments because <laughs> nice. uh, TikTok only does 60, 60 second videos uh, but at the end of the day like I just saw what Wes was doing how it was exploding. Um, and this is even before the, the super viral video. Uh, mm-hmm. and I wanted to like, you know, kind of draw inspiration and, and go, Hey, like this, there's somebody out there that is, you know, doing it right. Uh, and Wes is a great example of, of someone doing it right. Well, thank you. Um, and for everybody that doesn't know, that is Wes Hammer, um, on TikTok. So if you looked up the at tag Wes Hammer, that's W E S Hammer. Um, that's how you can find his content. Yeah. Um, I'm actually a little bit curious. Uh, do you find the 60-second format limiting? How, how do you work with that and, and use it to your advantage? Because, like, obviously we are a, quote, short-format podcast being about an hour, um, but 60 seconds is obviously quite a bit different from that um how how do you use that so i actually really enjoy it and i chalk it up to my adhd (laughs) like i'm pretty scatterbrained Mm -hmm. so trying to put everything into 60 seconds uh is kind of a challenge um but i think it's a lot of fun and the the 
tools that are available on TikTok are actually pretty advanced. So like doing cuts and stuff yeah. like that makes it really easy. Um, okay. Obviously, when I'm explaining the, the six part series I did was basically going over the command phase, the movement phase, shooting phase, basically every phase of the game. And I do have mm-hmm. plans to expand on it a little bit. So there are some things that just can't fit into 60 seconds. So when I did the shooting phase, I didn't go over all the uh, different types of guns. Um, sure. So I didn't cover rapid fire weapons, grenades, pistols, things like that. But that can I can fit all of that into another 60 second video with more advanced mm-hmm. rules. So the goal of that series was mostly to introduce brand new players. And I didn't want okay. to overload them with a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so because a lot of these uh, people that are following me have never played a tabletop game before. Like maybe they've played D&D, sure. but you know, they're probably doing theater of the mind and not necessarily using a grid system. So I introduced Uh them to using like a a measuring tape to move your guys around and the basics of that. Um, But yeah, I think the 60 second format, especially with the tools that TikTok gives you, whether it's the built-in green screen or the ability to make really quick cuts and stuff. um, I think it's really, um, it's really beneficial to teaching new people how to like get the gist of how to play. Yeah, and and we've actually talked about that on the the show before, that, like, one of the most important things that you can do as a member of a community is to bring in new players, because if your game isn't getting new players, it just dies. Yeah, that's that's true. Can you talk a little bit about your your hobby stuff and and that as well? Because I'm actually curious, it it seems to me like it would be very difficult to fit, like, a painting tutorial into 60 seconds, because... I sure can't paint a miniature in 60 seconds. I can't do anything useful with with (laughs) painting in 60 seconds. I'm actually really excited what he chooses here, because I just saw one of his uh, tutorials for filling out some scribe in a book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd love to hear what you... What's your system there? How do you do it? Sure. Okay, well, there are two different types of videos that I do when it comes to painting tutorials. One, I will just do a sped-up footage of me going Mm -hmm. over like the basics of how I'm painting something. And then I do a voiceover Mm -hmm. explaining it step by step. And then I'll do like a quick one second cut in of what paint I'm using, like a lead belcher or a retributor armor or something like that. Um, And most of my content is not based around like the really advanced techniques. Um, Mm -hmm. So, cause most of the, again, most of the people on TikTok that follow me probably like 70, 80% and most statistics are made up on the fly, but uh, it's oh, yeah, yeah. it right. seems like they're very, very like brand new to painting. Um, uh-huh. So I made a video about doing very easy gemstones, and I used Blood for the Blood God to do that. Now, I know GW makes mm. several different technicals that are specifically made for that, but I showed them that like you probably have Blood for the Blood God sitting around. I'll show you how to make a gem real quick. And yeah. uh, the most recent one uh, that I posted, which Ben is referring to, I just posted a few hours ago. That I use the, um, oh god, what is it called? Uh, I actually have it right here. Uh, it's the Tamiya Paneline Accent Color. Um, and most oh, of the time, okay. so people use that a lot in Gunpla to do like the lines and stuff on a suit. But uh, yeah. I used it to do the runes and the uh, the writing on like a like a tome, like on a book. Because uh, oh. I'm working on this huh. Thousand Suns Night and it has this big old book chained to one of the shoulder pauldrons. Uh, mm-hmm. And all you have to do is just tap it to wherever the indentation is and it will just kind of bleed into it and it works like magic. So that kind of tip works wonderfully in a 60 second video um, yeah, because you don't have to do like a lot of over explaining. Um, and I don't know too much about the contrast paints because they kind of came out after I'd already learned how to paint. 
But sure. that kind of uh, tool that is very, very useful to new painters uh, is perfect mm-hmm. for the 60 second format. So you're you're really looking to to give people sort of like these uh, almost like single drop tips of like, here's one thing you can do that is going to improve one specific aspect of your painting. Yes. That's very cool, because, like, that really is the sort of thing that almost anyone can get on board with, whether they're, they know the hobby or not. They can just sort of like, oh, huh, he's talking about painting. Oh, that's neat. Look at what he's doing there. I want to make something like that. Yeah, and I um, I actually posted one recently, um, which is not my best work, uh, but it was mm-hmm. made to be a quick tip for new painters on how to do fire effects using just GW's washes where you just go mm-hmm. from like the Cassandora yellow to the Fugan orange to the Caraburg crimson and just kind of build mm-hmm. it up in that. Uh, and TikTok actually lets you speed up your footage. So right. I, it, within 60 seconds, I showed a just painting a torch with the yellow to the orange to the red and then to Agrax Earthshade at the very top and then tipping it off with black. Uh, and then mm-hmm. whoever watched that video in 60 seconds, they know how to paint fire really easily. Right. Well, that's very cool. That's I, I can see that being like a really great way to introduce because I mean I definitely remember when I first started painting I was atrocious and I didn't know how to do anything <laughs> and just those kind of really basic tips can be huge for people who are getting into the hobby and are looking to like oh I want to make my my guys look good but they don't ever look like any of the pictures in the book yeah yeah well while i may be able to uh to beat some top players at a tournament or whichever and play through the top tables i definitely did learn how to paint fire the other day and right. it may or may not have been through uh wes's tutorial <laughs> <laughs> like i said you can probably do better fire if you put a lot more time in it but this you can knock it out and i mean minus no, the drying I'm, I'm doing time. that method i like that method yeah it's it's nice and um a lot of the stuff that I've found, like, I, uh, my stuff is obviously not the best painted. Like, I've seen stuff that mm. is unbelievable as far as, like, the Golden Demon Awards and things like that go. Um, sure. But I'm pretty proud of them, and, and they seem to look, I mean, I think they look great. Uh, and speaking to your point before about when we first started painting, my stuff, I didn't even know what primer was. I think I just spray painted my uh-huh. Orcs green in 5th edition with actual spray paint. But you know what? I was proud of them. I thought they looked great. Um, yeah, so it's, I, I think there's a lot to be said for like it, it not, you don't have to be the best painter around to try and help other people get better. Uh, just, just being able to help them out counts for a lot. And are you winning a golden demon? No, but I know people who've spent 20 years learning to paint and they're not winning golden demons either. So maybe that's not the standard we should hold ourselves to. Yeah. One of the things I tell my followers all the time is like, don't worry about making mistakes. Like mistakes are the whole Bob Ross thing. It's happy little accidents. Like you, it took a lot for you to step out of your comfort zone and paint your first mini and you should be proud of it. And I try to give as many like small little tips here and there uh, and show how easy they actually it is to get into painting miniatures um i actually just bought a set of primaris aggressors um or not aggressors what are they called the um the assault primaris that just came out in in indomitus assault intercessors the assault intercessors that's what it is uh and so my next series i'm going to do with painting is just showing how to like do a quick a primer a base coat a wash a dry brush paint the trim dot the eyes you're perfect 
that's if if you don't nothing yeah. about painting like you can get them to tabletop standard and they're gonna look great yeah that's cool so uh i know i know west makes a lot of different uh series and such of that and you touch back on some of them and uh you know one the series that i particularly was a fan of was uh was just you going through a codex and talking about each entry in it as you go on you did death guard for like 30 plus days straight (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah my my soul hurts still from that just a little bit (laughs) do you do you kind of just produce like all sorts of different content there is that your is your strategy kind of the uh the scattergun approach i suppose sure i mean basically and i joke about this all the time in my streams but uh, i i definitely do have pretty bad add um so yeah it's basically whatever i'm interested in at the time um my original plan was each uh each month i was going to dedicate to an army and go through their codex and i'm still working on that um but sometimes i just want to answer questions so i make videos like that are just kind of a reply based video because tiktok actually has this feature where you can choose a comment uh and when you click on it it says would you like to make a video response and so i'll do that um Like I had uh, somebody the other day ask what a tomb world is. And I was like, oh, you want to know about tomb worlds? Uh, yeah. And so whatever excites me, that's where I kind of jump for content. And um, yeah. when I first started, I had a friend of mine tell me like not to uh, – to. she basically said to bank my content and not release it like all the time. Like post one video a day because you're going you're gonna to run out of content. And I'm like, listen – war warhammer is infinite content whether it's painting battle reports strategy uh lore i mean there is so many amazing facets to this franchise um i i just don't think that's possible personally but to the point Mm -hmm. i do kind of get distracted and we'll kind of go off on different areas uh but uh it's it's still a lot of fun well, and it sounds like you also, like, you kind of leverage your viewers for content and, like, you know, they ask, what's a tomb world? And that's that's your prompt to talk about another facet as a almost a way of, like, focusing and organizing what you're producing. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I like to take screenshots of comments that I'm like, oh, that would make a wonderful video. And I have a uh-huh. folder on my phone where I keep all of those and I come back to them. <laughs> well, that's an easy way to do it. Yeah. Well, why don't we talk a little bit about other platforms? Because obviously, you know, TikTok is where you're you're making it big. But you said you were you were kind of trying to work that to expand to other stuff. Sure. Um, what, what's your your process for that? What are you What are you trying to do? Well, so like I said before, I originally started on YouTube, and it didn't have a lot of success just because those videos really weren't showing up in the algorithm. Um, Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, I could probably just jump into painting space marines, and I'm just like, here's how to paint ultramarines, and maybe that would get some more views. Um, so maybe yeah. painting Marathi, for example, is probably not gonna get as many hits. Um, but it's you know, it's it's what I wanted to paint. It's what I was proud of. So that's the type mm-hmm. of videos that I made. Um, but getting noticed and getting your foothold in something like that is tough and takes a lot of dedication. And especially when you're doing something like a painting tutorial where you're painting a large model like that. Uh, I mean, they're, they're like hour long videos. It takes a lot of editing, the whole painting process itself. Like, I mean, it takes like a week to yeah. produce something like that. Um, but the TikToks, I, I, I mean, I can pump out like TikToks like it's nothing because it's just a 60 second format. Um, so in using that to build a following, I can then direct them to be like, Hey, if you want longer format videos, I'm actually doing stuff over here on YouTube. And, 
Uh, do you like the streams that I do here on TikTok, which I can just turn my phone on and start streaming? Well, I'm actually going to do more professional streams over here on Twitch, so you should check that out as well. Mm, um, okay. So if you have something like TikTok, which is easier to build a following because there's not as much competition yet, you can then start directing them to different platforms as well. And, and making use of sort of the primary strength of each platform, where, you know, you can use TikTok to to bring in new people because it, it's a very like quick format, low investment. And then th for those people who are looking more, you can produce sort of longer format or, or different things for say YouTube for, as you said, uh, Twitch for streaming and whatnot, like customizing your content on each platform to that platform. Right. Cause at the end of the day, if somebody watches a video on YouTube and it's like an hour long video all the way through, I mean, they were engaged with you for a really long time. But on TikTok, yeah. uh, it's only like 60 seconds. But if you have 450,000 views on a TikTok, I mean, that was still 450,000 eyes um, right. that could then go to the different platforms that you're utilizing for your content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the the algorithm that TikTok seems to have going is a, is definitely a very unique one. Um, if you, as soon as you hit like something, it, it does its magic and suddenly compares you to things you may not even thought you liked. Um, and there's a, there's a common saying in that community. It's just like, oh, how did I end up on 40K talk? Or how did I end up on ferret talk? Or, you know, whatever your interests are. Um, you suddenly just, like, have the that stuff put in front of you. Because um, it's, mm -hmm. it's a... In the, in the TikTok universe, you kind of, like, have 10 seconds to grab people's attention. Because they're, they're, they scroll through videos. Um, just like... Right. And, they, you know, they're, they're swiping. Uh, and you kind of have to, like, catch their attention. Which Wes actually does a really good job of. I want to give him props to that. But... Um, as soon as you follow someone, suddenly all their videos, no longer how old they are, will start appearing on you know your 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 page in front of you. So you'll even get more of their videos. So as soon as someone likes one thing, they'll suddenly start seeing a lot more of your content too, and related content in that. Um, there's a there's a handful of other 40k uh, uh, content creators out there. Um, none of them as big as Wes, uh, <laughs> I, I would like to say, but there's a there's a there's a lot of them that do you know their own painting, such and everything else. And I'm a big follower of them all. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I try to follow all the other 40K content creators. Um, I am a little limited because it's just whoever comes up in my For You page. If they're painting Gene Steelers, for example, or Seraphon over in Age of Sigmar, I'm like, oh, okay, you're doing Warhammer stuff, so you get a follow. Right. You're, you're kind of looking to, to keep your finger on the pulse of the community, as it were. Yeah, and I, I think it would be really cool, especially because TikTok's so new, um, if we could all grow together, I think that is going to be better for the community as a whole, and it's definitely going to be better for all the content creators. Yeah, Rising Titans float old boats, man. I, I really love seeing all the stuff uh, where other content creators collab with each other. That is probably one of, some mm -hmm. of my favorite stuff. Yeah. That is one of the reasons we, we like to have folks like Wes on is like it's it's I think it's really good to have different parts of the community uh, working together like this because we each have really important things we can contribute to it. Yeah, I agree hundred yeah. percent. And you know, there's as far as speaking of other platforms, um, not just the, you know, hey look the community platforms like Instagram and YouTube and TikTok where you're kind of showing off to people you know what you're doing in your hobby and you know kind of driving the hype of it there's also the more like 
community-driven stuff where people where it's more open to discussion and forums and organizing competitive play and leagues and such and um that's where you have like reddit and facebook um and mm-hmm. you know even even twitter in some cases uh, as far as you know people talking about various different things and getting their stuff together where you know 10 years ago that that wasn't exactly a thing so uh we're in a new day and age of uh being able to grow our hobby exponentially yeah, I'm actually curious, Wes, you obviously work do a lot through, like, your online platform. How much does that cross over with your sort of real-world play? Um, are there people you've met at your local game store who are like, hey, I started following your, your TikTok channel, and I think you're doing really cool stuff, or, or folks who have reached out to you as wanting to meet you uh, IRL or whatnot? Well, I'll tell you what, if it was any other year... I probably would have Uh, had a different answer for this. Yeah, I suppose that's fair. This is not a good year for uh, in-person meetups for anyone. Yeah, me me and my partner have been pretty safe. So unfortunately, we had to say goodbye to the store for a little while. But we do go in with our masks on every like once every couple of months to just say hi and and get new paints and Mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, I did have somebody who followed me uh, who reached out to me because I was asking uh, my followers if they had any old outdated codexes. Uh, if they wanted to send them to the channel, uh, then I could use those to make make content. And somebody was like, hey, I live 30 minutes away from you. You want to hang out? I have a thousand suns codex you can use. And I was like, that would be wonderful, my friend. Um, yeah. So I did, I did finally get to meet uh, one of my followers. And that was a very wonderful experience. Um, but as far as like, I mean, I feel bad because there's a brand new edition happening. But I haven't really gotten to spend a lot of time at the store and hopefully that will all change soon but um yeah i will say that but part of me joining the tiktok uh in general was just because i missed talking to everybody at the store and nerding out about 40k um so a lot of this mm-hmm. ended up as like i just want to talk to people and so now like my live streams and stuff, like I, I start them and I'm supposed to be painting the night and I'm supposed to be giving a demonstration on how to do airbrushing. And then I just end up focusing on the chat the whole time because everybody has all these questions because it's <laughs> a lot of new players and I just get excited. And then like three hours go by and I'm like, I didn't teach you guys anything. Uh, but, <laughs> but we nerded out about Warhammer together and that was great. Yeah. Well, I mean, the most important lesson is the friends you make along the way, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree, 100%. Well, well, I think we have a lot more to, to talk about there, because I think bringing people in is a, a really huge part of things. But why don't we all take a little bit of a refreshment break first, go visit the Quartermaster, and then when we return, we'll talk some more about bringing people into the hobby and how you can use social media. Sean, I am here editing the episode in the background. He forgets to mention this. We at In the Finest Tower are offering free advertisement opportunities to any gaming-related stuff during this COVID period. If you would like to advertise on this show during this segment, please let us know at inthefinesthour at gmail.com or message us on Facebook. 
and we are returned. So before the break, we were just starting to get into social media and how you can actually use that yourself to kind of leverage things. Because Wes, you, I mean, you started practically from zero, just sort of diving straight into it. So it seems like it's it's something that's very accessible to people who want to start that up. Yeah, definitely. Um, even if it's just using something like Reddit to post your paint jobs and stuff like that, or going on TikTok and posting those one-minute videos, or making full-blown painting tutorials and stuff on YouTube. Uh, although some of the different platforms, they all have different audiences and they work a little bit differently from one another. So I'll be honest, like I'll take one of my TikToks I've made, download it that I think is funny and my followers think is funny, and I'll post it to mm -hmm. something like Grimdank and they don't appreciate it uh, at all. They don't like it. Yeah. Uh, so you do have to kind of test the waters a little bit and figure out what kind of audiences are on what platform. Um, but yeah, I mean, they all kind of end up working in tandem. Uh, and if you're good at one, you can build your presence on the others. Mm -hmm. So I get, what, would, what would be your recommendation for, say, TikTok, since obviously that's like your your big area of expertise. If someone is, is looking to get into that, what kind of suggestions would you give them in terms of producing content and finding an audience? Sure. Uh, well, the very first thing I can speak to on TikTok, at least, is if you're excited about something, you get other people excited. Uh, I see a lot of people mm -hmm. post very, very negative content about the game, um, and it doesn't get a lot of views. Now, I have also seen on YouTube that <laughs> tends to kind of be the opposite, um, but that mm. kind of speaks to the different audiences in different places. So if you're really passionate right. about Warhammer and that shows in your personality, uh, I think you'll do really, really well on a platform like that. Okay. So you find something that you, you really like and that you want to, uh, produce. Cause like you said, like if, if you, you have basically an infinite stream of con content, if you can find something that you personally are excited about and can respond to. Yeah. I mean, even if something as simple as reading the codex to people that have never seen it before. I mean, like I said earlier mm -hmm. in the episode, my very first introduction to 40K was somebody just sliding me a Chaos Space Marines codex, and my 14-year-old my mind was blown. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so that kind of stuff is very, very interesting to people that have never really experienced anything with Warhammer before. Um and, and then, I mean, it gets into like more technical stuff, but uh, like Ben was saying earlier, you really only have a few seconds to grab somebody's attention. Um, so -huh. you do have to use, uh, and I don't really know the best way to phrase this, but there are tactics to engage people to make them stop and focus. Um, so my one major piece of advice I would say is if you are a content creator and you're on something like Reddit or TikTok, if you are scrolling through stuff and you find yourself stopping on something, it doesn't necessarily have to be Warhammer content, but whatever it was that you stopped on and focused on it for more than a few seconds, take a second to like take a step backwards and go, what made me stop here? Was it the person? Was it the subject matter? Did they say something in particular that made me stop? Um, so this is again, more like technical mumbo jumbo, but one of the things that has been shown in like TikTok for success, there are studies that say if you say the word you within the first mm -hmm. five seconds of your video, something it's like a something 66% increase in retention um, because the person mm. feels like you're talking directly to them. 
Um, so there are little techniques like that that you can use to make sure you grab those eyeballs and then you can go right into nerding out and be excited about whatever it is that you want to talk about. Um, because unfortunately there are people that make really, really good content, but they don't get a lot of views. And it's just because we all have lizard brains and we just kind of scroll past good content because it didn't grab us in those first couple of seconds. Right. So, so you're saying that like, even as a content consumer, you look at that content from the the creator perspective a lot of the time. Yeah, and I think that's something that if you want to start making content, it's something that you should take a minute to, like, think about, like, why you, you know, stopped on something that you stopped on, what was it that engaged you, and look at it analytically Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And I think that will be very, very helpful in your growth. Okay. Are are you are there subjects you think that uh, say TikTok is better suited to covering than other platforms might be like things that you think it is particularly well crafted to to handle? Um. Well, I will say that TikTok makes creating professional looking content incredibly easy. Uh, we mm-hmm. live in a generation now where. Uh, everything from like 10 years ago where you really had to learn Photoshop, you had to learn the Adobe suite, you had to learn how to use Premiere or or whatever it was to create content. We're kind of Mm -hmm. moving now into an age where that's all automated through apps um, where something like TikTok, I mean, you just click the effects tab and it has a really, really advanced green screen feature um, where I can just throw Hmm. up a picture of Space Marine art behind me. I don't even need a green screen. Uh, and it's not perfect, but it gets the job done and that that like art asset can grab people's attention um, pretty right. easily. So something like a green screen may have been kind of accessible to people before who were trying to make YouTube content because they had to learn how it works. They had to purchase one and um, kind of figure out how it was going to work in their content that they were making. So something like that is, is pretty uh-huh. uh, user-friendly. Um, it took me like... I. I'll be honest, I didn't even have a TikTok before I started creating content. I joined it specifically to make content, so I really didn't know my way around it, mm. but it's pretty user-friendly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like that sort of, uh, as, as Shaylin calls it, the, the 80-20 solution, something that works well enough, even if it may not be absolutely perfect and professional, uh, is is a really good way for people to begin producing content because it's like most folks aren't going to be able to see the the minor flaws that like the visual design editor would be like well your borders there are pretty sloppy <laughs> you know you wouldn't get a job doing this but you know you're not looking for a job you're just looking for something that looks good enough that it doesn't distract people right if you go in the comments of any of the tiktok videos no one really really cares about like oh you know your your face phased in and out of the green screen or the or the slight flaw right. here or there it's the it, people are there for the the 60 seconds of joy that uh, that type of content brings mm-hmm. well i was just gonna say like i, I think uh the in my experience at least which has been very very nice um the only type of negative comment i've ever gotten was a um actually <laughs> when it comes to like a slight uh, correction yes. in lore because uh, a lot of my followers do are lore hounds like myself um so mm-hmm. but like e- even in those uh i like to make the point of like actually you're you're 100 percent correct uh and i try to push positivity as much as possible uh when it comes to my content yeah 
that that does seem like TikTok has a more positive general vibe than some of the other platforms do, which I think in a lot of ways is to its benefit. Yeah, you mentioned with the with the with the nerddom and whatnot, a lot of your followers are lorehounds. Um, Want to run over you know the difference between new exposure uh, with users that you know have never experienced forty k in their life, and then uh, users who may or may not. Um, I mean, we have older players, newer players. Like, what what's the difference there? Sure. Well, I would say my most common comments are probably broken into two categories that are basically two sides of the same coin. The first one would be people who have never experienced Warhammer before, but they got hooked with one of my lore videos and started deep diving into Hmm. YouTube creators and their lore and stuff like that. And then my own content as well. And they're like, well, I have gone completely down the rabbit hole and this is amazing. And I'm shocked that I'm sitting here 40 years old and I never knew about this because I'm a huge sci-fi fan. I like Star Wars and Star Trek and things like that. And I didn't know this existed and I'm so happy you brought it to my attention. Uh, and then I have other people who are like, you know what? I played back in high school. I haven't. I have some Necrons that have been sitting on my shelf for 15 years. And you know what? Your videos inspired me to get them back out. And now I'm painting again. And my response is always like, I am just unbelievably thrilled to have you back in the hobby and that I was able to share like the stuff that I am ridiculously passionate about with you. Yeah. So many, many creators have, uh, have, partnerships or whichever especially if they're you know pushing somebody else's product um they usually get some sort of shout out or bump or at least communication uh from the brand has gw reached out to you yet (laughs) no no i i haven't actually had anybody reach out to me yet so everything that i post is uh just stuff that i'm passionate about I, i don't have any kind of sponsors or anything like that um it would be really cool especially if some people like um Maybe not even GW necessarily, but there are products I use all the time, like either if it's Turbo Dorks paint or uh, mm. like stuff from Green Stuff World, like that would be a dream <laughs> to do stuff with them because I'm actually mm. genuinely incredibly passionate about their products. Um, but I don't yeah. send out like messages. I haven't really kind of dived in that. I've just been kind of focused on doing my thing on TikTok and, and growing my platform. And if people reach out to me, that would be wonderful. Um but I haven't, I haven't done like a deep dive in trying to do that because I, I, I mean, I do kind of have a, like a little bit of social awkwardness where I don't want to like come in saying like, hey, I could, you know, I could promote your brand or something like that. Like it, it just feels a little strange to me. Um, it would, it would be wonderful if you know, in some context, eventually I could do this full time, whether it's doing battle reports or streaming or lore videos, um, and using sponsorship like that to support that. Um, but as of right now, like I'm just having fun kind of nerding out about Warhammer and introducing it to new people. Yeah, that's kind of a, a little yeah. hidden thing that I don't think many 40k content creators have is the is you know an actual possible income off of this. And I'm gonna put on my Fireseer hat um, and say that I really think GW should or will reach out to you at some point in some manner. Um, it you know, it's it's a it's an it's an untouched platform. It's a it's a great platform that other uh, other places are using to advertise, and they they rather would do it through you know influencers such as yourself because you'd be an influencer in this case uh, versus just paying TikTok for ad space because then who knows where who their ads are going to end up in front of when they know if they're watching Wes's content they're going to have that put right in front of them. Yeah, that would that would be wonderful. Um, if it, if it ever happens, that would be that would be fantastic. Um, but uh, like I said, it, it hasn't happened yet, and um, I know it's a possible. 
again, like I've said before, like I've only been at this for a couple of months. Um, so I figure it just, it takes a little bit of time, but I, it, like I said, if I could find a way to do this full time, like that would be a dream come true. Yeah. I think what I would say, and speaking as someone who does obviously create 40 K content as well, go into it because you enjoy it but keep yourself open to the potential to be making money at it. Um, I think we're still not at a stage where it is realistically a full-time job for very many people. There's a small handful of folks now, but, you know, ten years ago there was zero folks that were making full-time 40k content creation their job, so we're, we're beginning to open that up. So... Don't go into it thinking, I'm going to retire on this, but also don't close yourself off to that possibility. Yeah, and, and the thing I've told people on live streams before is, at the very, very least, every ad job I've ever gone into for an interview, the one of the mm -hmm. first questions they ask is about my social media presence and what my reach is. Uh, so yeah. I, at the end of the day, if I don't end up doing this full time, I will still continue to do what I do because it's it's fun to me. Um, but having mm -hmm. a presence on social media for at least for marketing jobs and things like that, I mean, it looks really, really good on a resume. Um, so sure. that, that's something I've kept in mind. And that's one of the things that kind of, I'm looking forward to one day going into an interview for an ad job and being like, oh yeah, I, I built this following and it's, it's been wonderful. So you're telling me you can Go. get like real world good stuff? from 40k yeah 100 percent. i mean because we live in an age of social media so uh if you have uh -huh. especially with like again the ad world and marketing world if you have proven that you can build a community and build a following and manage it 100 percent by yourself uh that looks really really good to them yeah and and in other industries as well like fluency and and capability in social media is valuable to practically every profession uh, there are very few where that's not actually going to be useful. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, can I ask you a little bit, because this is something that had struck me earlier and I was a little curious. When you make videos, you'd mentioned that you kind of like, there's there's new users, people who don't really know very much about 40k, may not know anything about 40k, as opposed to people who are already kind of deep into the hobby do you try to aim a video at a specific one of those segments? Like, do you think, like, oh, this is good for new people? Or do you just kind of produce content and and try to make it sort of agnostic in that sense of, like, you're not thinking of that when you produce something? So I actually try to aim it at everybody. And what I do normally is the introduction to the video, the first, like, 15, 20 seconds, is a very, very quick overview of what I'm talking about for brand new people to the hobby uh and then i like mm -hmm. to go into a more obscure fact that is uh more representative to people who probably know a lot about warhammer but like let's be honest there, there's a lot to cover i mean just yeah if, there is. if you if you count the short stories alone uh and the anthologies the horus heresy has what like 200 different stories in it um so so a video that i had recently do really well is somebody asked me what my favorite piece of 40k lore was and i'm gonna be honest didn't think about it too hard it was the first thing that came to mind uh but it was mm -hmm. lorgar's story and how well, he okay. was one of the kindest most gentle primarchs and 
had his world burned because he was worshiping the emperor, but the emperor never told him that this was necessarily wrong. He said, I'm not a god, don't worship me, but he just kind of humored him for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And then Lorgar ended up kind of bearing his soul to Magnus over after his world kind of, you know, his city got nuked. Uh, about mm-hmm. how he never wanted to be a warrior. I mean, this is all from the first heretic book in the Horus Heresy. Um, he wanted to be, right. but he wanted to be a poet. He wanted to be an author. He wanted to spread the light of the emperor. He wanted to make sure people were happy. Um, but because he was born a Primarch, he didn't really have a choice. If this role was forced on him, he was forced to be a conqueror like his brothers. Uh, and it was like a really uh-huh. humanizing moment. And I think people who are really, really into 40K lore might not know that aspect of one of the chaos primarchs um but so i'm able to tell people who know a lot about 40k something that they might not know but the people who are brand new to 40k i'm like hey this is something that sticks out in my mind as something really cool i'm gonna let you in a little obscure fact um so i'm able to kind of tailor a video to multiple audiences in that way okay so you're you're really casting a pretty wide net with that sort of thing, trying to to basically get everyone in on your videos. Yeah, and then even stuff like the what what is a tomb world? Um, I think people who uh-huh. are really deep into 40k lore and know a lot about it will still be caught by that because a it's 40k content and there's not a lot of it on TikTok. Um, and then sure. on top of that, like maybe they have something to add to it, and I do my best to answer every comment that people post. Um, Although TikTok likes to mm-hmm. show me certain comments and ignore the other ones. I don't know if it's a text limit. I, I, I don't know mm. what the whole algorithm is for which ones show up in my feed. Um, but I love having actual discussions about stuff that maybe I missed because I'm just a 40K nerd. I, I It's not like I've read every single book and know every single piece of lore. So when people come to me with new information that I didn't know, like – uh, just as a fan, mm-hmm. like that's wonderful. Like I, I actively encourage that all the time. Yeah. yeah that's a pretty stark contrast to a lot of the content that, um, like me and Sean create right here, where we're reaching out to what's already a small community of, uh, so 40 K you have this like giant bubble. Um, and then you have 40 K players, people who actually like play the game, which is actually surprisingly small bubble compared to the actual like universe. Um, and then mm-hmm. you have competitive play, which is a super, super, super tiny bubble. Um, and then people actually listen to podcasts of competitive play. So, you know, our our, right. our outreach, we're reaching out to like a minuscule audience where you kind of get the um, this, this giant target. But that giant target's super important because that's how you get people to the super deep dive that we're in. Yeah, right. We, we like to refer to our audience as the elites uh, because we know that they're fundamentally better than people who don't listen <laughs> You're 100% to podcasts. correct. Most of the people, I, I believe GW puts out a survey every year, and I was just talking about this in uh-huh. one of my streams. Because another really common question I get is that I'm really interested in 40K. Like um, the lore videos that you have posted uh, have really sparked an interest for me, but I'm going to be honest, like the game just doesn't interest me. And Is that okay? And mm-hmm. you would be surprised at how often that comment comes up and i'm like yeah that's totally fine like i think the majority of people mm-hmm. who have ever purchased a gw product even if that's just a bought of paint uh don't actually play the game um but yeah. in introducing people to the lore and in introducing people to like something like a star collecting box where you get a reduced price and you get a bunch of cool units in an hq or something like that uh you kind mm-hmm. of can path them along to eventually want to step their game like 
take the first step into going into the local game store and making some new friends and playing their first couple of games and then a year, maybe a year, two years, ten years later, like, they want to be a competitive player. Right. Because, yeah, like, people get into the hobby and the, the universe in stages. Like, no one starts out like, well, I bought my first box of Space Marines and now I'm going to LVO. Uh, that's That's just not how people really ever do things. So... Like, giving them those layers where, like, okay, here's the world, and here's the interesting, and maybe you want to build some models. Here's how you build models and paint them. And, oh, yeah, you got some really pretty models. You want to take them to a tournament and show them off? Well, here's what you do going to a tournament. Yeah, I'll tell you what. For me, personally, uh, I played tournaments back in 4th edition, 5th edition, when I was, like, 14, 15 years old. And um, mm-hmm. I was not very good, <laughs> to say the least. Uh but I took 8th edition very seriously. Didn't play a lot of tournaments. Played like a couple local ones. Um, but yeah. my goal was as soon as ninth edition hit, hey, you know what? We're all back at square one. And that's when I'm going to start doing tournaments mm-hmm. all the time. And then 2020 yeah. happened. Uh, <laughs> right. It's uh, put a kink in a lot of folks. Yeah, plans. so th- those plans are put on hold just a little bit. Um, but I filled that time with engaging with people on social media and... Uh, I get my fix that way. Well, Wes, I look forward to playing you someday. I already cast my invite out, so soon. Yes, soon we'll do I that. would. I would absolutely love that. Yeah, I I think it would be great to maybe like because one of the best things about being a content creator is you can you can get together with other folks who are passionate about the hobby and who are doing stuff of their own, uh, and and get together with them in person and kind of make friends that way. And I think that's always. Like, a really exciting experience because, like, that's your community. Those are your people. I, I will say that the the best thing about the 40K community, and I, I was thinking about this earlier and I wanted to find a way to mention this, uh, because of 40K, mm. because of Age of Sigmar, because I do play both, um, whenever me yeah. and my partner have to move to a new city because of work, um, no matter mm. where we go, because of our local game stores, there is going to be a community of people with like-minded interests so I always have a group of friends and I I feel yeah. really bad for people who don't have a hobby like 40k to win because if you have to move to a city you've never been to before um mm-hmm. it's very very difficult to start up a social group just especially as we get older and older um so yeah. because of 40k no matter where I go I know I'll never be alone and I that means a lot to me yeah, that's, I mean, that that is a great part about the hobby, is, like, y- you have people you're connected to, and that means a lot to us. Yeah, I think, uh, it just, in general, nerddom hobbies overall, I know that through my time in various different hobbies, including 40k, that I can't name a major city that I don't have a pillow I can lay my head on, uh, due to the amount of, like, friends and people that I've connected with over these hobbies. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, uh... Wes, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you on various things? We already mentioned your your TikTok. TikTok that's Wes Hammer. Yes. So if you want to reach out to me on TikTok, that's where I am primarily nowadays. But that's going to change soon. Uh, I'm actually starting a Discord. Um, I have a, one of my followers offered oh. to build it for me because I'll be honest, I'm not super tech savvy when it comes to those things. Um, so I've been communicating mm-hmm. with him. I'm going to have a Discord for uh, like a very inclusive 40k community um but 
Yep, I'm cool. Wes Hammer over on TikTok at Wes Hammer, all one word. Uh, I also have an Instagram, oh. and if you're curious, I, me and my partner do a family-friendly D&D podcast, uh, and that's on dndtonight.com, oh. so that's our website. Um, and okay. over on YouTube, where I've been posting my videos, it's still under D&D Tonight, so if you look up D&D, mm-hmm. the letter D, and D, Tonight, uh, that's where I've been posting my painting tutorials and stuff like that on YouTube. Okay. Well, hopefully some folks reach out to that, as uh, Ben has already mentioned. Like, you do some really cool stuff with the, the lore and, and painting and all of that. So I think there's a, real, a lot of really good content for, there for people to maybe spend some time during this uh, kind of awkward quarantine consuming. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I am definitely looking to being competitive again, because 8th edition, I, I spent the entire edition planning and getting good at the game. Uh-huh. And as soon as ninth edition hit, I was ready to start doing tournaments and... Well, you know. <laughs> yep, yep. Maybe 2021 will be better. It, I mean, it has to be, right? Unless unless a bomb goes off somewhere, it basically yeah, has I, to be. Yeah, I think so. I'd like to remind you, you can roll two ones. So That's a good, that's a good crew. <laughs> but plasma weapons are no longer I... modified by negative one to hit, so hopefully it will be better. <laughs> yes. My Blightlord Terminators can finally come yes. back to the field. Right, uh, they're no joke either. They, those guys are are big trucks in Ninth Edition. So, uh, for everyone who has uh, been listening here, we hope you've enjoyed this little bit of a, a change in style of usual things here. But we do like to explore all the different aspects of the hobby, and we really think that is important. It's it, competitive play is not just about winning every game it's also about the community you play with and and that's really something we like to emphasize from time to time and if you would like to be part of our personal little community uh we are in the finest hour on either facebook or you can in the finest hour at gmail.com if you'd like to email us and we have a discord server and patreon and for five bucks a month you get access to our patreon as well as our private facebook group and you can hang out talk with us chat see all the really stupid memes we post all that sort of stuff so thank you very much to everyone who is on our patreon is who's been supporting us all this time we wouldn't be able to make these episodes without you because it's that money that you contribute to us that we use to fund all of our equipment and hosting and all that sort of thing. So we really appreciate it. We'd also like to thank Dankmus for the wonderful sounds they provide during our intro and midtime break. You can find them on YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And, of course, all of our art is done by Rylan Woodrow, uh, where you can find him on Instagram or on Facebook as Rylan Woodrow. Uh, And if you're looking for uh, a nice little commission art piece, I can personally recommend Rylan as a fantastic 40K artist. Yeah, if you want banner art or any sort of thing um, that you just kind of want uniquely done, like Rylan's, Rylan's definitely the dude. It's a... He did an awesome work piece for me and has done a lot of artwork for, well, everyone but Wes on the show. So maybe maybe Wes should check him out. Yeah, yeah. I think that sounds like a great yeah. idea. If you, if you like chaos, you will love Ryland's stuff. Okay, yeah, I will definitely check him out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think that wraps it up for this week. Next week, we'll be talking about the psychic phase and all of the shenanigans you can do there. And we will have the full cast and crew back for Shaylin to give us a lecture on all that. 
But for this week, for In the Finest Hour, I have been Sean Morgan. Ben Jurek. And I'm Wes Hammer. Thanks for listening.